Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He seems like he is at peace with what's taking place, which it seems like he is. And they want him to be able to attain the goals that he wants. And clearly, it'd be great to see him come back uh, and compete at the highest level. But we're just so far from that. I'm just not sure anybody can see that far ahead. Okay, thank you so very much. You're going to send me that club that you do a commercial for to get me out of the sand. You're going to send me one of those, aren't you? You need an alien wedge, son. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So we will talk uh, a lot during this day um, with Wilbon and Chuck Culpepper about Tiger. I could not take my eyes off it. I called Wilbon, I don't know, about 1.30, 2 o'clock. And I said, forgive me, I can't watch the red zone. I'm watching Tiger. And he said, no, no, it's so freakish. I said, I know, I'm watching it. He ended up watching it, too. We will talk about that. Michael is not here today. Michael has asked his boss for a week off, and his boss has granted a week off. Nigel is here. Tomorrow, uh, we'll do shows uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tomorrow, Crystal Liz will be here. Wednesday, Jeannie McManus will be here. A couple of things. I need to read this right away because we haven't heard from DG in a while. <laughs> so, I mean, I just want, for those people who are fans of DGs, I wanted to read this. I just read it. So, I'm here at PGA playing around my friends' clubs because the house I have this year at PGA does not include golf like previous years. That's bad negotiating, DG. <laughs> right. You should have made sure it included <laughs> golf, and then you wouldn't be in the pickle that you're in. So, I've been to Ibis, Wycliffe, Mirasol, and Trump, also to nice public tracks. Albacoa and Sand Hills. Supposed to play in a member guest tomorrow at Trump with uh, best childhood friend Richard Katz, MD radiologist in New York City. He went out with one of his friends on a yacht, rich and not famous, and slipped and broke a rib. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now my best friend who belongs to Trump and Mirasol is out for a few weeks. Thankfully, it could have been worse. We're old. Shabbat Shalom regards DG. I know. I know you guys want to know. I know you want to know. It's a good update. Let me stay with some emails. I'm going to read a bunch of these and then tell you the rest of the story. This is from Kelly Cardin in Ozark, Maryland. As a student of the English language, please allow me to humbly submit a few words for your lexicon. Circuit, breaker, watt, GFCI, ground, fault, circuit, interrupter. And above all, please have an electrician come look at your kitchen circuit. I will let all the professionals that are typing right now explain the rest. Okay? From Adam Blaney in Albany, Ohio. I'm not a licensed electrician, but I'm a handy fellow, and I've done quite a lot of electrical work. For the love of all that is good in the universe, call an electrician. (laughs) The screws on the front of the plate has nothing to do with the outlets working or not working. If electricity stops working and then starts again, something isn't right. Please call them back. Grandpa, we love you so. Your imbecility notwithstanding. But seriously, call an electrician. (laughs) From Tony Duncan. So you probably had a partial temporary power outage that was rectified remotely. I'm a retired Pepco employee, 37 years. Sad to say what Carol did, did not restore your power. I know stuff. (laughs) From Stephen Cole, listening to Mr. Tony's home electrical repair prowess on Wednesday's show makes me wonder why he is no longer shilling for the Craftsman 122th (laughs) ratchet. Well, they didn't call. They simply didn't call. From Steve the Sycophant, it is of great comfort to me, dear Toby, that as klutzy as I am around the house, your level of skill makes me look like a certified professional handyman. 
I can assure you from past electrical debacles that outlets close together can be on totally different circuits. Your adventure with the non-functioning outlet stopping your precious toaster has an easy explanation. When your darling wife checked the circuit breakers, she lightly touched the correct switch and unknowingly re-energized the dead outlets. She then tightened the outlets, not knowing the problem had already been resolved. The only other logical explanation is she realized throwing the breaker switch solved your problem, but thought it would be fun to make you believe tightening the outlets was the cure, since your knowledge of how electricity works is somewhat on a par with that of Homer Simpson. Please save a piece of toast for me. Keep on potting. By the way, we have room for toast in what Sean sent, a toast rack. Oh. We've got a toast rack. Very nice. In case anybody wants to come over here and have toast waiting for them, we've got a toast rack. And a haiku from Shared Breakers. Breakers. We don't need no stinking breakers. Just need carrot. Okay. So this is what actually happened, what took place. Carol called Michael and Son. Michael and Son is an electrical company here. And they came over yesterday, Sunday, so they could charge us even more. Yeah, sure. You know, because they had an opening Sunday, so why not go to somebody's house and charge even more? Two very nice fellas came over here. I took their temperature on the porch. It was 69.6 degrees, both of them, because they were standing outside for a while. So I have no idea if that was a real temperature. They wore masks. They wore booties. I wore a mask. You know, you're letting people into your house yes. with the Omicron. You don't know. Right. You just, you know, you don't know. Uh, Ricardo and Gustavo, very nice. Very nice. They came into the house. I told them what had happened. They looked around. They said, you need a new outlet in this particular one. The outlet is the one that handles the Revolution toaster. They said the rest of it should work. You know, you, you, I, I didn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> but, you know, they put in a new outlet. They were very nice. I said, how long is this going to take? Because I thought it might take hours. Hmm, Fifteen minutes. Oh, that's not bad they at all. They carried the equipment with them. They put in a new... I guess they technically don't put in an outlet. I guess they put the equipment into the outlet that makes it better. Right. <clears throat> but they said that this should be good. And I said, could you do me a favor? Could you check the breakers? And they checked all the breakers. I said, you want to check all the outlets in the house? And I said, we, we don't need to check all the outlets in the house. I said, okay. I wrote them a big check. This, you know, that's, that was the price. And let me just say this to you. Um, whatever the price was, I was going to pay it. Sure. For the peace of mind of knowing that my house would not explode into an electrical fire. Did anybody see the movie Pleasantville when a tree outside explodes into fire? You know, that's not what you want. I'm not looking for that, no. Not what you want. So then you run to the fire department, and you scream, fire, fire, and they don't respond because they've never had a fire in Pleasantville. But if you scream, cat, they respond because they have to take a cat down from a tree because that's all they ever do. It's, a, it's an odd... It's an odd movie, and it's not a particularly satisfying movie, but it's a memorable movie, Pleasantville. Yes, it's a it memorable is. movie. Don Tobey Maguire is in it. Yes, Don Knotts is in it. Uh, Jeff Daniels is in it. Reese Witherspoon is in it. Karen, Joan Allen Joan is Allen. in it. Yes. William H. Macy's in it. Not, not one of the real good ones, but, you know, anyway. But you don't want the tree to explode. You don't want your house to explode. So that is what happened. And so I feel pretty good about that. I understand that I don't know anything. I explained to them, look, I don't know anything. And they came in here. They came in and they looked at the microphones on Uncle Benny's table. And they said, you do a radio show? I said, no, I do a podcast. They said, what's a podcast? I said, well, if you got a phone, you know, you got that little app on your phone that says podcast. You just type in my name. You can hear it. They said, I said, I'm going to talk about you tomorrow. 
<laughs> they said it's going to drop around 10 o'clock in the morning. Why don't you see a list? They're very nice, Gustavo and, and Ricardo. Very Is it nice. Gustavo Querton? Not Gustavo Querton and not Ricardo, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> no. Two nice guys. They fixed it. I hope they fixed it. Well, that's, that's all you I want. Hope. You want the peace of mind. And unfortunately, when you like, ask me about, you know, does that sound like it would have fixed the outlets? I know just about as much about electricity as you do. Yeah, so so I'm like, sounds good. Tighten the outlets. Yeah, yeah sure. sounds good. But everybody has told us who's written in said, <laughs> you're an idiot. Right. It didn't do anything. Right. Well, maybe it did and maybe it didn't. I don't know. But and now it, I, it's fixed. Now you know. Yes. Well, now I, I feel more comfortable, thanks yes. to uh, these guys from Michael. So. Uh, we will get to the football at some point. And just a couple of things, and, and these are my observations. Um, so you, the best three teams in the AFC, most people would say going into the year, or certainly through the first five or six games, you'd say Kansas City, because Kansas City's been the Super Bowl twice in a row. You'd say Tennessee. Because you know Tennessee is good because they got Derrick Henry and they've got Ryan Tannehill, though they don't have Derrick Henry after the sixth or seventh game, whatever it was. And you'd say Baltimore because they got Lamar Jackson and they look really good at the beginning of the year. Who else would you say is the top three in the AFC? To me, that would be the top three in the AFC. Would you say Indianapolis? Would you say San Diego or whatever they are, the Chargers? No, I, I don't think you would. It's those three. I know everyone was saying Cleveland at the beginning of the season. But, but they, they haven't proven anything. No, at all. These no. three have been to the playoffs. Yes. And have had success. Yes. Okay. And in the NFC, who would you say after six games? Well, you'd say Green Bay. You'd say Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl team, and Arizona. Those would be the three that you would look at in the NFC, and you'd say, yeah, they, they seem to be better than the You wouldn't say Dallas because they hadn't proven anything. You, you really wouldn't say Dallas. Who else? There's other teams. You just wouldn't say them. Well, yesterday is what we call that separation, Holmes. Because four of those six teams lost, and two of them won. Kansas City won to separate themselves. Green Bay won to separate themselves. And you would have said, and the people that could call and say New England, you wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year. You wouldn't have said it through the first six games. No, two and four. You wouldn't have said it. Yeah. So, so it's Kansas City, Tennessee, Baltimore, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona. And Kansas City and Green Bay have separated themselves. Tom Brady made a fabulous comment in his press conference. He said, we're not going to win scoring no points. He got that from the Bill Belichick playbook, didn't he? And <laughs> <laughs> all we have to say after that is on to Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, we're not going to win scoring. No, you're not. No, the only way you can win scoring no points, technically, I guess, is in soccer or hockey in a, you know, in a shootout, in a shootout situation, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But you can't win in football scoring none. It's tough. No. They give you points when you score, and somebody's going to get more than O if they're going to win. This is true in baseball and basketball. You know, hockey, I guess it's not necessarily true because you can have a 0-0 and go to a shootout. Right. Soccer, you have it all the time. Yeah. Somebody wins at some point. So Brady got shut out. He'd never been shut out. Got shut out at home. It's not his usual home, but he got shut out at home. It's like 255 games. Some unbelievably long streak. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'd stop watching that game. Well, it's, it's just... New Orleans is really good against Tampa Bay. By the way, all the people that picked that game picked it right for us. Jeff Ma picked that game, had it right. Chuck Todd picked that game, had it right. The Chuck Todd is now 4-2 and two, heading into... Um, is it tomorrow night's game? Tomorrow night is uh, Washington. Washington, Philadelphia. Yes. He's four and two. He's got Philadelphia in that game. Jeff Ma is two and two. He's got Chicago tonight against, tonight against Minnesota plus five and a half. 
I don't know Carville's record. Carville's record in the pros was 2-2, two and two, but I don't know what happened in the UAB bowl game, and I don't know what happened in the Ulala bowl game against Marshall. I don't know. Do you have, do you have I, stuff on that? Yes. Uh, let me bring that up here. Carville's 2-2 two and two at the moment. Carville won on Cincinnati. He won on Pittsburgh. Really surprised me. I didn't thought Tennessee would win that game. Uh, did. So who did he have? UAB? He had UAB. So he had UAB plus six and a half. UAB wins outright against BYU. Okay. So 31-28. And what about Ulala giving five against Marshall? Did that bowl game happen? Louisiana uh, wins 36-21. Cardinal, a big week, four and two. Right. That's the infamous R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. What do they carry? <laughs> I'm not sure. So, Somebody's water, I'm sure. All right, Carville, 4-2, and two, now 32-38 and 38 at the moment. Chuck Todd likely to be closer to 500 than that. What did the monkey do? The monkey's 0-2 at the moment and has Washington. Bad week for the monkey. Yeah, and, and as I said, Jeff Ma's waiting on it. So we, we will even do this this week. We'll shoehorn this stuff in at some point during the week for people who like. I think most people like to bet against the people we bring on. I think that they feel that makes them rich to, to bet against people we have on. So we will take a break. Michael Wilbon, who's home, Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe read. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, Simply Safe is giving listeners early access to all of their holiday deals. 40% off their award-winning home security. 40% off. Come on. Simply Safe has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by US News and World Report. And you can easily customize the system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over a hundred dollars. That that sounds like you'd want to do that. <laughs> yes, it does. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get forty percent off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash Tony. S I M P L I. I know that's counterintuitive, but that's how they spell it. S I M P L I for Simply Safe. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Tony for 40% off your entire system. And by all means, use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's a Kornheiser Christmas. They've trimmed the tree. What Santa brought this year down the chimney. Look, it's prime Willis Reed with a shining Yule candle in his Nick's uniform to join Julius Randall. Walt Fraser's here too for the backcourt, I suppose. He'll dribble and pass to a healthy Derrick Rose. Look what else Santa's brought to the hearth with a shout. In a Nats jersey, it's Koufax and Mike Trout, John <laughs> Riggins and Art Monk from the football dynasty, plus Sammy Ball in case it don't pan out with Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Matt Scherzer is back, Walter Johnson's here too. The Orchid looks healthy 
for an inning or two. <laughs> Santa's also brought skills to Mr. Tony. Just see, next time on the golf course, he'll shoot 73. But Santa laughs scornfully, says you don't really believe in me. And as Tony cries out, why me? Wander swearers under the tree. It's a corn high as a Christmas. They've trimmed the tree. What Santa brought this year down the chimney. Dan Burns, a genius. He's <laughs> a genius. He's a genius. He does this with everything. He's yes. a genius. Absolute genius. Go see him if you can. He plays in Michael Wilbon. We have so much to talk about. I alluded at the beginning of the show that around 1.30 or 2 o'clock, I called Wilbon and I said... I'm not watching the red zone. I'm watching Tiger. And you started to scold me, didn't you? You started to scold yeah. me. Yeah. And then? Yeah. And then? <laughs> well, it was almost simultaneously. So I talked to you and you said, I'm watching Tiger. You're going to scream, but I'm watching Tiger. Yeah. And then 20 seconds later, I hang up with you. I get a call from Neville. And he says, look, you're going to go crazy, but I'm watching Tiger. <laughs> I said, I just got this call from Kornheiser. This is insane. So, and I told you already, I was going to put Tiger on one of the one of the two smaller TVs. So one of the fifties was going to carry Tiger and, and, and Charlie. And so I, I didn't, you know, not watch football, but I did have Tiger in the corner, and I, you know, it was riveting. In its, in, in, in its own way, it was riveting. I found it a little creepy. It is. It's that, creepy and freaky. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt a little guilty. And here we are. We're going to start assessing the golf game, all the nuances and subtleties of a 12-year-old's game. We're going to start doing this. People can say what they want. I mean, look, Tiger's the draw largely now for most people. First, I would not have watched Tiger play a regular event yesterday. Just a regular event Tiger right. was the, right. like I've been doing for 20 years. I would not have done that. It's Charlie. For me, it's Charlie. I mean, I got a son a year older. And even, even Matthew, who doesn't, he'll watch golf with me, big events. But even yesterday, even he's just standing there sort of staring. I'm like, you know what? This is not healthy. This is not good. But this kid is so brilliant on the golf course. And then he looks so much like his old man, and you're projecting even if you don't yeah. want to. I yeah. feel, you know, like I got to stop now. There's never been a son of a great playing father who has exceeded his father. Never. Never. And it's so difficult to contemplate what Charlie Woods' life would be like, you know, being Tiger's son and going into golf. But he hit a couple of irons yesterday that landed eight several. feet. You he know. Had, he, he had several shots. They <sighs> birdied like 11 straight holes yeah, or whatever it was. After I got off the phone with you, was when the birdie train started, or yep. maybe I mean, it started already. But it just, yeah, it's it's difficult to contemplate um, unless he wants it. Now you don't know what you want at twelve. No, nope. but if he wants it, I mean, he's he's going to start the path. Who knows? God only knows how what happens after you start it. You know, even when you're fifteen or sixteen, it's different. It's cute when you're twelve. 15 or 16, which is around the corner, man. Tiger, what does that look like? At 15, at 16, and 17, Tiger was the best amateur in the world. He was already Tiger Woods. Yeah. Uh, now, Rory McIlroy was the same. 
at 15, yeah. 16, and 17. Tiger yeah. won three amps. Um, he was the best player under 21 in the world when he was 15 years old. That's right. You look at this kid, you don't know if the length will be there. You, I mean, you don't know. But you look at this kid and you go, I, maybe he could. Maybe he could be that good. I don't know. Yeah. Jack Nicholas's kids tried it. Didn't, you know, a lot of kids try it. A That's lot of right. kids become touring pros. They don't, they're okay. They're good. They don't exceed their they old man. They don't even start like this. They don't do, John Daly's kid is great. He's, how old is he, by the way? He's a freshman oh, in college. School? 18, freshman 19. College. Yeah, freshman in college. Wow, okay. I mean, good he's player. Really good. Good I mean, I, you know, he, he, he could surpass his father just by, you know, keeping his life straight. Could do that. His father but, won two majors. Yeah. His father won two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I that, don't was, know. that was very – I had mixed emotions about getting I understand. involved as deeply as I did in that. No, I understand that. Let me tell people that you were early on when I said I was watching Tiger and you told me I was an idiot for watching Tiger. You also said Arizona's going to lose to Detroit. And I yeah. said, what are you talking about? Because I didn't even know there was a score. Apparently the score was either 7 nothing or 10 nothing. But you were convinced that Arizona was going to lose to Detroit. And they lost, and it was worse than 10 nothing. Yeah. It was yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. it, it might have been 7. They, were, it, it was, they scored quickly, but I, I was certain before that. The, the Arizona Cardinals appear to be a fraud. And this is what I was afraid of. Even as I was predicting to you they would finish ahead of Los Angeles in that division, yeah. they're not going to finish ahead of them because they're done. The, the Arizona Cardinals are done. And I don't know what is missing from them. Even when they were 7 oh, I kept telling you, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Right. They, 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 go, they, go, they go low IQ on you. And, and several, lots of teams seem to have that this year. And I attribute it to substandard head coaching. Mm-hmm. But the Cardinals, I mean, they, they went out and lost to Detroit when, when, when a win puts them in the playoffs. That tells you they're not properly either motivated, prepared. They're they're short wired in some way. I, 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 you know, and I I root for them. And now I have less reason to root for them. My favorite player in franchise history, or one of the two, the, the, Larry my Fitzgerald. two, Larry Fitzgerald and, and Roy Green. I, I didn't even call them yesterday because I, I know how they had to be hurting. They had to be hurting. They did. I didn't even text them. I, I just said, I'm staying away from this. Because I was angry. I could only feel how they, they must have felt. So I said but this at the beginning the of the show. I said at the beginning of the show, if after five or six or seven weeks, you were to line up the best three teams in each conference. In the AFC, it would have been Kansas City because of two Super Bowls, Tennessee and Baltimore. And the NFC would have been Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Arizona. And yesterday, Kansas City, or over this weekend, Kansas City and Green Bay separated themselves from the others. The, all four lost. The other four lost. Tampa Bay got shut out. Yeah. Tennessee lost to Pittsburgh, yeah. Baltimore, and he went for it again. He went. Now yeah. we both defended it the first time. Are you still defending it this time, no. Harbaugh? No, 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 no. I, I, I no. The whole the, the 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 fun of the league, Tony, is it is it's in it's inadequacies. I mean, you you just said it. I mean, these. These teams are supposed to be good. We're accustomed to in the NFL. When you get to this stage, the teams have identified themselves. Yes. At least if you've got ten playoff teams, six or seven have really identified themselves. First of all, going into like the late games, you didn't even know who's going to be. Nobody qualified. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Tampa Bay last night. I'm like, okay, this happened last year too. Let Let's not get crazy. They lose to but New I, Orleans at, in regular season. Opponent, 
It's yep. a team that is not afraid of Tom Brady. That's right. They know how to play him. They're they're fine hitting him in the mouth and letting him whine and scream at the end of the game. You know, it's really unseemly for a guy who is clearly the GOAT to be such a baby. He is such a whining, sniveling, petty baby. He go, did you see him go over and scream at a New Orleans coach walking off the field? Did you see that? This guy... This guy, I think he's earned let, it. Let me just, <laughs> That's just me. You know he's what, got you know seven what, you know Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Tony, you know what? I want my goats to act a certain way. I really do. Because Wayne Gretzky didn't act that way. Michael Jordan didn't act that way. Derek Jeter didn't act that way. He's a baby. There's another word I'd like to use. You can't. I know. <laughs> you can't. Out of respect to you, you know the word I want to use. I know, I understand the word. (laughs) And and so, you know what? I root against him. He's the only one I root against like that. And his greatness isn't arguable on any level. No, he's the best. His behavior is. And it's one thing when you're doing it to your teammates and you're chewing out linemen, even though it's unseemly. And you want to see some 6'7", 310-pound guy. Just walk over like a giant grizzly bear and knock Tom Brady yeah, out. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. But They're not going to do it. But he did this to an opposing coach yesterday. I was hoping that guy took his headset off and just took a swing hard, just hit him in the mouth. Because yeah, well. Tom Brady was angry because the New Orleans Saints refused to go along with his program. And we, if we talk about Brady on the show today, I'm going to do all this. If I'm, I'm, I'm going to, if we talk about it, it's, well, it I'm probably saying, will be know, the lead story. It probably would baby. be, or certainly in the first three. Did I miss any goats, by the way? Did I miss any goats out there for team sports? I, Who'd you I? know, I don't know. There, there are a variety of people who act, you know, if you want to say that Novak Djokovic is the goat, he acts badly. No, well, not yet. Federer? Okay. Federer didn't act badly? No, Federer did not, but, you know, uh, some others have. But no, Federer did not. But let, let's, you know... Let's is, get to to the notion of Brady and and New Orleans has beaten him, I think four out of four regular season games since he's in Tampa. I think that's true. Now they yeah, got bombed right. in the playoffs. He beat well, them down in, when it mattered. mattered, right in the playoffs, yeah. and that's what matters. Yeah. But that's that's yeah. interesting. Let me get to another issue here: the rampant explosion of positive testing for this virus in sports what do sports do right now you you've got this week the signature day in the nba is this Mm -hmm. week it's christmas Mm -hmm. day five six wall-to-wall games good games always good games what do you do do you run them you 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 hang on you you hang on just like just like the world is hanging on what is sports supposed to be different you hang on that's it i mean tony i went to uh just locally here in, in North Bethesda with, that exists. It used to be called Rockville. But it's, you know, a few blocks from my house. I went uh, to a testing center just to have a test. I, I test a lot because I'm, you know, not only in studios a lot, but it, you know, every week, but also at games now. And we're on the floor doing games and players come over and you chat and hug. People hug and they eat. That, that's, that's back. I went to a testing center I've gone to several times and it takes me literally about four minutes. About four or five minutes. You just roll in. You don't get out of your car. You get tested. You get the nasal swabbing, and you're back home. That's it. I don't even put on shoes sometimes. I'm in, I'm in slides because I'm not getting out the car. I went there on uh, Saturday after I got home, and 
the line was two and a half hours. Wow. Two and a half hours in car. The line went three streets. Okay, it's on Nicholson for people who, who, who in the area who know that. And all that says is this ain't about sports. It ain't got nothing to do with sports. <laughs> it has to do with the, where, the world, where the world is right but now. But would you pause sports? I, you know, maybe, maybe I would. I, I, I certainly have thought about it. Yeah. Um, I thought about it because I'm, I'm in a studio. If, if it all happens, I'm in a studio from uh, 10 a.m. We go on the air at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Christmas Day. And the last game, we don't do the, 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 the halftime of the last game, but it's five games. That game starts at like 10.30 or 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock Eastern. So that game's not that We're going to be on the air till like, I don't know, 11 o'clock Eastern. So would I pause that? Yeah, how do we even know we're going to have it? I, I was talking to people. I'm talking to people in the industry, whether it's the, the, our side, the broadcast side of it, or the NBA side of it, or a sponsorship side of it, or agents who have players who are doing this. And everybody, Tony's just going, hey, is this going to happen? That's, is this going to happen? And, and it ain't rhetorical. I mean, See, well, I, maybe sort of is. I, mean, I you, think I would pause. I think I would pause football for an entire week because I've got that two-week cushion between the last playoff game and the Super Bowl. I would just eat that. I'd eat that up, and I'd pause football for a week. It feels like hockey is going to be paused, and it certainly feels like the hockey players are not going to the Olympics. It feels that way. I don't know if it's true. I'd love to pause basketball for a week, but I can't give up my biggest day. Well, that's just, look, look. I don't know. Now, well, you know, there's, it's interesting. I'm, so I watched uh, one full game last night because it's my team. I watched the Bulls play the Lakers. Yeah, they beat them. And the Bulls yeah. did not have Zach Levine, but he's the only one of their, you know, names, recognizable names. So the Bulls had nine guys. Uh, well, they had ten, ten guys who were out for COVID, who were in protocol. And that's why the league, took, you know, suspended, not suspended, or postponed two, two of their games. Tony, nine of the guys were asymptomatic, were said to be asymptomatic. And they were just like, you know, DeMar DeRozan said he was in his house skipping rope in his condo in Chicago because he, he was asymptomatic and they want, they wanted to play. They did, they did all those stuff the, the way the league found perfectly satisfying. They uh, practiced. They practiced as a group because they were fine. They, again, testing positive. It did what, the, what, what vaccination is designed to do. Not lead you to test negative, but lead you not to get sick. And nine of their ten were not sick. Yeah, but you, so they, they got they, it. They, they got it. That's not. That's again. We're reclassifying people you now. Get, you get the flu. You've always gotten. You get it. But yeah. You get a flu shot. Maybe you don't. I do. I get a flu but, shot. Okay, so you get. Okay, does it stop you from getting the flu? And the answer is no. It doesn't. Well, stop it me. May, thank God. It yeah. may. It may. But right. sometimes I'm sure there's sometimes you take it the flu shot and still got in the flu. So the point is, the point never was that you weren't going to test negative. Now, I don't know where people got that notion. The notion is you're not going to get sick. You're not going to need a respirator. You're not going to have to go to the hospital. You're not going to die. No tubes. <laughs> no no tubes. tubes. Don't so want tubes. I don't tubes. know what I would do, but it was interesting Neither do I. last night. I don't know what to I, do. I, you know, I don't know what it, to do. You're not going to do anything. You're going to live with it. That's no, I'm do. just saying no if I ran sports leagues. I don't know. I just I don't. don't I don't, Tony, I don't know. Tony, here's what else. I guarantee you they don't know. 
I think I'd, like I think I'd limit people in the arena, though. I think I'd well, go already, back. But you've already sold all this stuff. You've already. Yeah. I, don't, I don't look. I thank you for saying the phrase that nobody will want to say on television today. Not on CNN or Fox cable news or ESPN or anywhere else. They're not going to want to say it. PBS. I don't know. Yeah. Don't I don't know. know. This goes back to what I, I was saying, you know, in April, you know, the, the leagues are going to be back. Some stupid coaches, college coaches were saying, yeah, we'd be back in a month. Really? Mm, yeah. You don't know. And All so right. now I, I, okay, what is it? it's Monday morning. Um, I don't know whether is the world going to take a turn for the worse even from now. Is, there, is it going to be? Am I going to New York on uh, on Christmas Eve to get, to sit to do these five games? Uh, I don't know. Here's what I know. I'll see you later. I'll see you through the magic yeah. of television. I'll <laughs> see magic you. Magic television. Sounds All right. good. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll come back. Chuck Culpepper, who watched Tiger and Charlie and watched that whole tournament, though I don't care about any other part of that tournament, really, but Tiger and Charlie. Chuck Culpepper, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X Chair Read. It's the holidays, and you deserve a gift. How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every day, all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels and a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you will be at work. I'm talking about giving yourself. Yes, give yourself. Don't wait for your children to do it. <laughs> give yourself the gift of an X chair. I think you'll find it to be the most comfortable and ergonomic chair you've ever used. And honestly, it'll probably also be the coolest looking piece of furniture you own. Not only is X chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair and can either cool or warm you back. Can your office chair do that? I don't think so. <laughs> now is the perfect time to purchase an X chair. You buy early, you buy now. And here is X chair's holiday gift to you. Save $100 off your X chair just by purchasing it at this website. This is me, xchairtony.com. That's the letter X, chair, T-O-N-Y, dot com. I couldn't follow that, but you're smarter than I am. <laughs> X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. So go to xchairtony.com and save. xchairtony.com. Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Brian Gibson. He's a drummer with the D.C. area band Jackie and the Treehorns. I think we've played them before. We have indeed. This is called Made You Run. It's available through all the usual music services, including Spotify and Apple Music. And if you want to see Jackie and the Treehorns, January 8th at the Epicure Cafe in Fairfax, Virginia, they'll be performing with the Sebastians and Lava Flow. Thanks for all the laughs over the years for your tremendous support of independent musicians. Again, this is Made You Run. And by the way, on the December 6th podcast, he writes, you played drummer and educator Dave Smith's The New Crazy. I said, I know that guy. I was fortunate enough to take drum lessons from Dave back in high school. <laughs> While I only studied with him for a short time, I still apply the lessons he taught me. It's wonderful to hear his graceful drumming. He's the real deal, not some rum-dum like me. <laughs> Nigel, if uh, bands like Jackie and the Treehorns want to send us some music, how do they do it? Send us your original music uh, to jingles at TonyCornagerShow.com. We ask that it be your music. Uh, you can't send in Paul McCartney or Bruce Springsteen's. Yes, but, uh, but please sing it. Jingles at uh, TonyCornagerShow.com. Chuck Culpepper joins us now. He's in Orlando where he wrote gracefully and with great charm and wit about the Tiger 
Um, it's the Tiger tournament as far as I'm concerned. Tiger and Charlie, I know other people were in it, and I watched them with some interest, but not nearly the interest that I watched Tiger and Charlie. So I got to ask this first, and then we'll get to Tiger and Charlie. John Daly looked like he emerged from a crypt. I mean, what is the deal with John Daly and, as you called it, that, that ginormous beard? When I did see it the first time the, during the weekend, he was, you know, the players would kind of emerge around this bend that was next to a pond. And I knew there were snakes and alligators in that pond, and I, my thought was if any of them came out, they'd run right back into the pond. Yeah, John Daly looked... It was weird. It was just very weird. If you saw John Daly on the street, you would definitely go the other way. Definitely go the other way. And his, his boy's a good player. His boy's a good player, the, the freshman at Arkansas. He's a good player, right? Yes, and one of, terrific. And one of the, uh, the bio details I often forget about John is that he played for the Hogs as well, 84 to 87, mm -hmm. which, of mm -hmm. course, precedes, of course, precedes all when we knew about him. And, um, and then one of my favorite things about this event over the weekend is that the team price, Nick Price and his son Gregory, Gregory is the one, if I have this right, and I've checked it three times, but I still don't trust it, but was uh, about to be born. Yes, they said this 91. on television yesterday. They, yes. Okay, so, yes. so Price and withdrew. The ninth alternate came in at Crooked Stick in 91 in the PGA, and it was John Daly. Yeah. Yes, they, they, yeah, they made a big deal about that. That was pretty interesting. Um, one of the kids who played was wearing uh, like a, a Hawaiian shirt a couple of days in a row. Uh, was that Mark O'Meara's kid? He looked wild, that kid. <laughs> I know. I, I like some of the kid hairstyles. Yeah. They were, uh, they were clearly allowed to, to have their own hairstyles. You know, they weren't, being, they weren't being dictated to on that front. Look, it's a cool event. I wouldn't have watched it with the same level of interest without Tiger. And I got it. I'm sure you feel the same way. His kid is 12. His kid is really good, right? Charlie's really good. I know. I get all squeamish about, you know, looking at the, analyzing the swing, which I can't really do anyway, or whatever, you know, whatever. And, and just being in awe of it, but I am, I confess that I am in awe of it. And, and the whole idea of that there was competition and that, you know, uh, John Daly II was saying that he got nervous at one point, and, you know, so there were nerves somewhere in the, in the arena, you know. And so, and, and it was a close match to some degree, you know, a, a close score. And so the, the whole idea that, He's making these shots on 16 and 17 that, that sort of matter, sort of matter, but are just, it's just crazy to me to, to look at the quality. And, the, the, you know, the, at one point I was thinking the club head is almost as big as his, his head, you know, and you just look at it and it's almost an optical illusion of some sort. It's really, really impressive even I've though I hesitate. <clears throat> well, w Wilbon and I talked yesterday throughout this whole thing when I said to him, and I said this earlier on the show, God help me, I turned off the red zone and I went to Tiger and Charlie, and he said, you can't do that, and he did as well, because everybody did. Everybody did. Once they landed on it, they would not go away. But we used words like creepy and freakish to describe what we were looking at with Tiger and his son and their identical mannerisms. And uh, what do you make of that? I feel like there's something about that. When I look at the number of 
say the page views that they got last year when they did this this thing and I feel like there's something about it that's almost hits people really really deeply in the in the bones somewhere you know something yeah. we might not even be able to understand totally because people who have no people I know who have no interest none in golf no interest in tiger if you can believe that there are those you know and I love them but um but they are compelled by this thing when they see it they're like what you know, they want to see more of um, of Charlie, and so there's something that's hitting people on some level that's that's really, really down there somewhere in the in the soul. The pressure on this kid if he wants to follow in his father's footsteps. Jack Nicholas had a couple of boys who tried it. Every you know, Tom Watson had a son. You know, everybody thinks, okay, I'm real good. I'm 12. I'm 13. I'm 14. I'm 15. Not one of them, Chuck, not one of the sons of really accomplished players has ever tied, certainly not exceeded their fathers. What do you make of, of why that happens? And what does it predict, if anything? It's, such a, it's just such a brutal game with so many dimensions, you know, and so many, so many things that are based on so many tiny matters all put together as one that it's just... It, to, to me, sometimes it seems almost impossible that anybody makes it to the, you know, to the top level. And so I guess the, even when you're born to somebody who did, you know, the idea that you can put all of that together is still so far-fetched. I often think um, if I were born to a dad like that, I, you know, you'd just want to take up violin or something, you know, something that was entirely the other way. I'm always amazed at even, you know, even we see it in, in basketball a lot of times or in football, uh, in college, for example, coaches coaching their sons. I always think that's enormous pressure even on, on that guy, you know, who's in really one town where people are aware of it, you know. But this guy, the whole world is going to be aware of it. And I, yeah, I cringe a little. It has happened. Ken Griffey Jr., you know, Barry Bonds, it has happened. It's it happened, has. but yeah. it is so rare. It is just so rare. So let me, let me shift to Tiger. Um, I watched him a couple of times. They showed him getting out of the cart, and he grimaced. He grimaced. What did we learn about Tiger, if anything? Well, there were times when just watching him walk, it just made me briefly realize how desperately badly he wanted to, to do this. Because it just looked, it looked like agony at times. You know, at times, yes. just just a few steps across the green at number three on Saturday, I went. I just went, oh, you know, just sort of. That just that just looks so hard. And so, I I mean, when when they use the medical terminology that they typically do use, like shattered ankle and putting a rod in a you know tibia for surgery and all of that and just you know makes you want to wince just listening to it and then to actually see him play 36 holes even with a cart kind of startling i think would you be more or less optimistic having seen this that he could actually go play augusta at some point that he could as steve sand says he thinks that saint andrews is the most 
beautiful, best course in the world. It's flat and it's short. Could he go to the British Open and play St. Andrews? Could he walk for four days? No cart. I, I would, uh, I would not expect so at that soon. You know that the, if St. Andrews were pushed, were eighteen months, maybe or or, or what, it, what would it be? Nineteen months. I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might. I might think it was possible, but I just. I just think it. I, in this case, I think patience is really going to be. I think we all got a little excited over the weekend, but I think yeah. as he keeps reminding us, there's a long, grueling road ahead. So, I, I mean, Augusta, I, if it were Augusta 2022, that that would be a genuine miracle. I mean, absolute, the definition of a miracle. Um, we moved three months past St. Andrews. I, I would say no, but, you know, um, it, this... This thing over the weekend went a little beyond what I expected, but that's just another tier up there. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can see he can still hit a ball. It doesn't go as far as it used to. They were clocking the drives. I was paying attention. He was hitting drives 270 and 280. That's 20 yards, 30 yards short of what he would like to be, and he doesn't have the power in his legs yet. But he also seemed so ebullient and joyful at having played this with his kid that it's hard to believe, Chuck, that in the recesses of his mind, he is not saying, I'm going to get back. I'm going to do this again at majors. I think that that's how he thinks in general. And I think he has showed us that uh, multiple times. You know, and he, he spoke yesterday of having the, the fusion surgery yeah. in the back in 2017. And, um, and, and how that was one thing that he wondered if he could ever... That made him wonder if he could ever make it back, you know, to and play in a, well and in a did. major or whatever. So he wins one yeah. in 2019. So this thing is a whole different thing, he says. But it's still the whole comeback from the fusion. It, this is a different set of injuries and so on. But it does make us, it does make us wish that we could see him at that, at that level again. See, I, I'm glad you said that because all of us – want to see him come back. And the only person who put the brakes on it really is him. Because the rest of us will say, well, take a shot. Come on, take a shot. You can do it, right? Nobody's going to say, don't do it. Nobody. Right, and I think that thing that he said about how he would not take a cart, you know, that's just not me. He said that. I I think that's kind of the same thing that's going, same thought process that's going to prevent him from, say, entering a, a St. Andrews or something, if he thinks he'd be terrible there. I don't think yeah. he would be able to, to you know, it, or if he thinks that he would be at a level that of, of non-competitiveness at which we've seen many, you know, former champions play just to play, just to have the experience. I don't think, I don't see him in that role. So he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be harnessed by his greatness. He's going to be less inclined to, and I don't want to use the word embarrass himself, but just not be on the level that he used to be. Like it's that's sort of like Nicholas too, right? You can't you can't be Jack Nicholas and shoot 12 over. I mean, you can't do it unless you're like 70 and then you can do it. But you can't do it in your 50s and 60s, right? Right. I don't I remember know. Nick 
Remember Nicholas at 58 in the 98 Masters uh, in contention on the last yeah. day yeah. And, and had that look about him like, oh, I, I'm sure I can win this. You know, yes. I, I see Tiger in that same way, uh, you know, of being – I don't think he's – I don't think he would be one to enter if he weren't sure he could contend. I agree with that. I think the entry is I can win. And if you can't, there's no point. I think that would happen. Anyway, you did great work. Thanks so much for being on the show, and thank you for the work. Thank you so much for everything, Tony. Thank you. Chuck Culpepper, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony's mailbag It's finally here Reading your emails and notes From far and near Bethesda Bagels Their best with a smear. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> That's Glenn Winters, the official opera composer of the Tony Kornheiser Show, who writes, I thought it'd be fitting to honor the memory of Stephen Sondheim on this high-quality podcast, so I'm submitting a little tribute for your consideration. I take it Sondheim is not Genie's cup of tea, but he's certainly a hero of mine. I hope you guys enjoy this. That is Send in the Clowns, um, which begins with, isn't it rich, aren't we a pair? Um, me over here on the ground, you in midair. I mean, it's just a brilliant, it's Sondheim at his best, and, and my great thanks to Glenn Winters for that. Yes. He mentioned Bethesda Bagels. Why don't you do the read? Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. We got the, uh, the bagel sandwiches today. Very excited about that. You can that. take one home. I'm going to take, I'll excitedly take one home. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in. You'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. It's late September, and I really should be back at school. I know I keep you amused, but I feel I'm being used. Oh, Maggie, I couldn't have tried anymore. That's the best song that Rod Stewart ever did. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That song, Maggie May, that's the best song. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Chuck Culpepper. Thanks to our sponsors, Simply Safe and X Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. This comes from Jim Cardacci. Let me just read you this. About 7.15 a.m. Saturday morning, I get a request for an Uber pickup at the Breakers North in Palm Beach. That's the condos. So I'm thinking maybe it's Robert Kraft. <laughs> it's not, but Barry gets in. I turn the app over, and he's heading to a very exclusive golf course in Hobie Sound. But he says, you got to get my friend. It's close by. I'll tell you how to get there. Well, three minutes away, Ronnie gets in. And for 45 minutes, they're telling some really good stories about golf and other stuff. When we got to security, he announced his name. I said, wait. You're the socialite. <laughs> I asked him if Tony and Michael are coming down soon. I listen to the show all the time. I played junior golf against Bobby Dolan. And the school board tournaments in the Maryland courses were a great experience. If you need a lift to and from the airport, let me know. The socialite and his friend were awesome, meaning they tipped in cash. How great is that? That's phenomenal. Now, Alan told me that story. Oh, he did. Alan told me that, uh, that he... He's in the car, and the Uber driver says at some point, are you the socialite? <laughs> Just such a great story. Oh, that's phenomenal. Uh, Paul from Lindsay, Ontario. 
in Canada. I've been running a point spread and over-under football pool for 25 years. This season, I've actually been winning the pool for most of the season, just barely losing my load after week 13. While I haven't been copying Jeff's picks all year, this Jeff Ma, I decided to follow his five picks last week to go with my own. After all, he hadn't had a losing week all season, so of course Jeff had his first bad week. Also, of course, my biggest competition in the pool had his best week of the season. I plummeted down in the standings. I'm positive Jeff only had a bad week because of my piggyback, so please let your listeners know I will not copy again, and thus Jeff will be back to <laughs> To his winning ways immediately. From uh, Ted Zablotsky, MD, West Hartford, Connecticut. I was so excited to hear my friend Mitch Album. Uh, from my friend Mitch Album, that you have a great voice and know all the words to all the songs I love. The singer my daughter hired for our wedding next July just canceled, and we need a replacement to fill in with the band. The wedding's in West Hartford, which is right near the Avon Country Club that you like. I can help get you in, of course. I can't help you get in, of course. That's, I don't need you. I got Norby. We have an extra bedroom, and I can put two bathrobes in it for you. Not sure why you need two, but who am I to second-guess celebrities? If you don't like Uber, I can pick you up at the train in Hartford. I'll be happy to supply as much Johnny Walker Blue as you can handle. It will likely help your Remember the lyrics to some of the newer songs popular at weddings like Cotton Eye Joe. One more thing, it's a tribal wedding and you're going to need to brush up on Hava Nagila and similar <laughs> tunes. Looking forward to seeing you in July. From Ruffin Sykes in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'll keep this brief. Do you still think about how you're going to get revenge on that punk who upstaged you during your part in the Nutcracker? <laughs> because I do. That's like 10, 15 years That's ago. So how great is great. that? So great. Thank you, Ruffin. And writes, my neighbor weighs 185 pounds. <laughs> Thank From you Barry for that. Lee in Conyers, Georgia. A couple of days ago, I picked up my first child, a masculine child, from school while listening to your Monday show. Usually this time of year, he'd be crest, re, he would be requesting Christmas music within 30 seconds after pickup. However, this day, while listening to your show, he's oddly quiet. After a few minutes, he piped in, I like this Kornheiser show. I was shocked, not only from his perfect pronunciation of Kornheiser, but that anything other than jingle bells could hold his attention. So today, when I picked him up from school, I was once again listening to the show. He got into the car at the tail end of Chuck Todd picking games. I knew what was coming next, but it taught me. Caught my son totally off guard. Once the Reginald song began, he started laughing joyfully at the song. He also really enjoyed the monkey sounds during the segment. He finally asked me what was going on with the monkey, so I told him a monkey was picking the winners of upcoming football games. It made him happy to no end that a monkey could do such things. So please say hello to your newest little Caden Michael Lee. From Chris Eli in Dayton, Ohio. I went to school with Jim Miller. Not James Andrew Miller, but Jimmy Miller. He was the kid that threw the hardest during dodgeball. When you were able to catch a ball he had thrown, you knew you made it to the next level. He moved to a neighboring school district during grade school. When I was in high school, I saw him working as a bagger at a grocery store. I haven't seen him since. I thought you'd like to know. From Eric in Silver Spring, Maryland, the quizzical look on her face as we passed each other in our local woods told me I was lost in a Kornheiser moment. It was at the point in the show where Kirk Chin and Tony were telling Ravage to eat it, and my headphone-induced laughter must have led that dog walker to wonder what was seriously wrong with me. Thanks for the years of dog walking joy and amusement. Eric in Silver Spring. Jeff Barger in Hillsborough, North Carolina. When I was young, my dad was stationed in the Army in Germany, so I've been eating gummy bears for about 50 years. I keep a five-pound bag in my kitchen cabinet, so when Michael revealed that you have a six-pound bag of gummy bears, two <laughs> words came to mind. Affirmation, baby. P.S. Would you please read my email so I'm not a one-hit wonder like the O'Neaters? From Charlie Burtz, Springfield, Virginia. I love the story of you revisiting the PTI offices. When you found Bonnie's orchids, were any on the DL? Actually, they were a lot better than said picture. From Rick Fransosa in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
I was only nine years old when West Side Story was in our local theater in Manchester, Connecticut, so I did not see it. However, my 15-year-old brother, a budding musician, desperately wanted to see it. The problem was the Catholic Legion of Decency deemed West Side Story as inappropriate. My parents instructed my brother to walk to St. Bridget Church and get permission from one of the parish priests. Luckily, the priest he spoke with gave him permission. What a different time. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, yes. Um, should I read one more? Sure. All right, this is the, oh, this is great. This is from MP in Powhatan, Virginia. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Very Perry winning the Pantone 2022 Color of the Year Award. <laughs> it is described as futuristic periwinkle blue with violet red undertones. <laughs> when I was growing up, we called this purple. But even then, purple would be maybe my seventh choice for honor of Color of the Year. Why seventh? Because eight was the amount of crayons you had to choose from in the original Crayola box. And I got it just ahead of yellow, but right behind white. I know Pantone is the ultimate authority on color, but it feels a lot like sand getting into the Toy Hall of Fame. We all grew up with sand. We played with it. It was accessible, but always as a last resort, much like purple. Nobody's choosing a purple shirt from the closet as their first option. I love blue, and I like red, and I recognize they are the very main ingredients in making purple, but I hate purple. They can try to disguise it as very peri. We all know it's purple. Purple is trash. Purple is the saliza of the Crayola box. <laughs> If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone is always to wear white. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? <laughs> it's a Kornheiser Christmas. They've trimmed the tree. What Santa brought this year? Down the chimney. Look, it's Prime Willis Reed With a shining Yule candle in his Nick's uniform To join Julius Randall Walt Frazier's here too For the backcourt, I suppose He'll dribble and pass to a healthy Derrick Rose Look what else Santa's brought To the hearth with a shout in a Nats jersey, it's Koufax and Mike Trout, John Riggins and Art Monk from the football dynasty, plus Sammy Ball in case it don't pan out with Taylor Heineke. Max Scherzer is back, Walter Johnson's here too. The Orchid looks healthy for an inning or two. Santa's also brought skills to Mr. Tony, just see. Next time on the golf course, he'll shoot 73. But Santa laughs scornfully, <laughs> says you don't really believe in me. And as Tony cries out, why me? Wander swearers under the tree. It's a Kornheiser Christmas, they've trimmed the tree. What Santa brought this year down the chimney?